Welcome back once again to At the Devil's Ball. I am Nathaniel. With me, as always, is my co-host, Samuel Numine. Hey, how's it going? It's going Happy well. birthday, birthday boy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm turning 39 and, uh, right. and begging my mother for money. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a wild ride. The more things change, the more they stay the same, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, luckily, I don't have to beg much. My mother uh, no, is very, very helpful, but uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a pretty supportive family. Um, so so we gotta, it's, it's kind of cool that this comes out on your birthday because this is a film that uh, you're a huge fan of. I am. I love as well, but yeah. you were like even more into it. Than oh, I was. yeah. I mean, and it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, um, but it's, uh, it's a movie that I absolutely love, which of course is uh, Spookies. Right. Um, I don't know how many people uh, listening to this will be are familiar with it. It was came out in 1986. Um, very troubled production. And as a result, it's sort of this incomprehensible mess of random sequences that don't really cut together very well. I mean, they do, but um, they do and they don't. Um, I think this past time I watched it just the other night and I kind of realized, oh, wait a minute. Okay. The plot does actually technically kind of sort of come together. A little bit, a little bit, but you kind of have to be like really paying attention. And this movie does not invite, a lot of attention <laughs> no well the, i think the main problem with this movie is that it um it comes together okay at the end but mm-hmm. um like the first 20 minutes or so like you just every time i see it i feel so lost like it's yeah. just missing like it's missing the third act the first act and just jumped into the second or it, well and that's that it, it whatever, yeah. yeah yeah uh, i mean the basic backstory of this movie was it was originally a film called twisted souls um which was going to be uh, directed by thomas doran and brendan faulkner Mm-hmm. And um, they uh, they wrote it um, along with Frank M. Farrell. And uh, what ended up occurring was they had basically a huge blowout with the producer uh, who was a kind of a prick for uh, and uh, and also apparently rather dumb, like just didn't understand film and wanted them to. There was a story they told on the documentary on the Blu-ray. Uh, which is worth checking out if you... Uh, yeah, it's a vinegar, great Blu-ray. Vinegar, vinegar Syndrome's uh, special edition that they came out with. Um, has the documentary on it. But it was basically, like, he, one point, he uh, he actually literally wanted to, like, cut out someone moving across the room. And, like, they were like, but then, you know, it, it, if you cut that out, then it makes... It throws off the whole thing. And he just didn't care. He was just, like, he had these weird ideas of what a film should be. Um and it's, it's well, he was coming at he was coming at it from like like an exploitation film distributor. So he was just yeah. thinking, you know, we need you know this many shots of monsters, this many shots of yes. gore, you know, x amount of boobs, or well, actually none because they wanted to go for like a PG thirteen on this, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I believe so. Um, but originally, the idea was Twisted Souls was supposed to be a pretty straightforward horror film, where a group of char- a group of characters come to an abandoned house in the middle of nowhere, find a Ouija board and the Ouija board unlocks a set of spirits that try to kill them one by one. And if they kill everybody, they get to go free. Right. And, um, and uh, all those creatures are kind of an evil, kind of an evil dead knockoff in a way. Yeah, more or less. And I, yeah. and I think that they were more or less like saying that was fine. Like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was intentional. I think they were like evil dead was something that was an influence, right. I think. But um because this wasn't a really a passion project on, on their parts either. This was, you know, like this we get 
if we do this, if we do this, we get the money to make a film, yes. you know, a real film. If they make this um, movie and this movie is successful, then they would be able to make the film they really wanted to make. Right. Um, and uh, so it was supposed to just be sort of a, a low budget quickie in the, to begin with. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, but then, uh, so they end up storming off the project. They quit. Right. Or they were loss. fired, depending on who, who you ask. Depending on who you ask, but they, yeah. they claim they walked off. They, right. uh, they quit. Uh, apparently, like literally, I think the story they told was, it was, uh, you can't fire me, I quit. Right. Well, wow. there is also there is also like in a couple of Q and A's, you know, it's been mentioned that they were locked out. So it's yeah. it's it's hard to say which you know doesn't really matter. Doesn't really it, matter. The film stopped being their film, and somebody else. Yeah. Somebody else, uh, yes, a, a filmmaker by the name of Jeannie uh, Joseph uh, and a writer uh, Anne Borgund, Burgund, uh took over the project after that and made additional footage, um, and based on I guess what that producer wanted. Uh, which is why suddenly there is, you know, a sorcerer in the attic. Right. Um, actually, before we even approach that, I mean, let's, yeah, let's, so let's, try to, let's try to like recap what this movie actually is. Um, right, right. So what we basically have is we start off with, uh, oh, actually, before we do that, uh, so mm-hmm. let's do some, uh, this, let's vital do stats. some, yeah, vital stats here. Do you have those written down or do you want me to? I, I do. I have a, okay, right. so we've got, you already mentioned the uh, the writers and producers of yes. the, you know, original um, it was produced by uh, Mike Lee, and he was the one who apparently everybody hates. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, from I mean, the details may change from person to person, but you yep. know, from the people of, of the cast and the crew and the directors and such, they all yep. seem to be on the same page that this guy did not know what he was doing. Total it didn't do dick. nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got uh, Felix Ward as Creon the Warlock, yep. uh, Maria Picture. As Isabel, the corpse bride, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Scott as the Creon's assistant. The cat uh, man. The cat man. Yeah, the pirate. yeah the pirate werecat for some were-cat. reason. Yeah, we're we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Alec Nemster as Billy, uh, the birthday boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, AJ Lowenthal as the uh, the weird little blue kid in the robe that is the son of the warlock yep. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Got Pat Wesley Bryan as the drifter. Uh, Peter oh. Dane as. Hmm? I was gonna say Paul, uh, Pat Wesley Bryan is probably the best actor in this movie too. Honestly. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Peter Dane as uh, Peter, the uh, kind of older looking yuppie looking guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel, I had to write down little descriptors because these characters are so thinly drawn that it's it's hard. As I a, as I took notes for this film, what what, what notes right. I do have, I had to actually kind of like occasionally put in a name because right. I realized they said it after yeah. like thirty minutes of film. Yeah, and um, some of those people I was watching, like yeah, like you said, I was watching throughout the whole film just to catch which one they were. Yeah, uh, which doesn't happen too often. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, Nick. Gianta as Duke, the probably most drunk, most New York person ever in the mm. most uncomfortable outfit ever. Yes. It's this weird two-piece pleather thing that looks like it just chafes just after 20 seconds. Yeah, I wrote it down that basically he's wearing a garbage bag, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Peter Iasillo uh, Jr. as Rich, my favorite character in the movie, the mm. the guy with the puppet, and Young the puppet. guy who just walks around with two beers in his pockets the entire time. Entire film, yeah. But he's also kind of an annoying character, which might be why I, why I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Friede as Carol. She's kind of the, the first one that turns into a demon. She's yeah, she, kind of a, looks like a, a Linda Blair stand-in almost. Kind in of, a lot yeah. of ways. 
Charlotte uh, Charlotte Alexander is Adrian, the British lady. My favorite uh, character. Yeah. Yeah. I love Adrian. Yeah. Is that uh, Joan Ellen Delaney uh, as Linda? She was the one with the the big hair, the big blue sweater, and the uh, big uh, sweater puppies. I guess you would say. And very New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very New York. Another very New York character. Um, yeah. Al Magliacchetti as Lewis Wilson. Um, he was the guy who was sucked into the grave at for at the beginning. Mm. Well, not the beginning. One thing start tipping off. And right. uh, Anthony Valbiro as uh, Dave. Uh, I think he was dating the drunk British lady. I think that was his yes. I believe name. that was his character. Yeah. It played a whole lot on the uh, I guess USA late night, um, probably up all night or something. Yeah, that's right. Back right. in the day, yeah. same here. Yeah. Uh, also, okay. yeah, Kim Merrill as Megan, right. who is sort of actually oh, yes. the film I star. Her. She's kind of the film's sort of final girl. She lasts longer right, than right. everybody else. Peter's uh, Peter's <sighs> girlfriend or wife. We're right. not we're not quite clear if they're married. Yeah, or... you're never sure what they what any of their relationships are, other than uh, Duke and uh, what's her face. Because you know they ask they actually ask questions. Will I be with him here? Yeah. Well, we know we have a couple. Yeah, we have a couple of couples. We know right. that they're couples. We just don't know if they're married, if they're dating, whatever they are, how old they are, how old they are. The um, one lady says that she she grew up with these people, so they're probably maybe in their twenties. That's supposed say. to be the idea, but then like Peter yeah. is obviously forty, right? Like you know, uh, but yeah, like I thought that was his. They were that was like one of their dads at first. Right, they were coming from right. a family in, gathering. In, in, in my notes, you, the shorthand until I figured out what his name was was Dad. Right. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. dad. because he looks like he's absolutely <laughs> like someone's dad um and Alyssa, how, i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say how these characters know each other is uh, never really established never really established other than megan saying like oh yeah i grew up with them right. but like and that peter apparently is her boyfriend and doesn't but he has like this like like odd animosity with duke um yeah. throughout the film that really is never right what their problems are with each other i mean kind of rightfully so um in a way, because I mean, they do establish at the beginning that they were kicked out of another party because yes. Duke was, you know, starting fights and being an asshole. Yeah, um, that's like, enough for me to be mad at you the rest of the night. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, and then then the, they decided to drive out in the middle of nowhere looking for another party. I guess, right. and that's sort of the plot. But uh, but but anyway, okay. So, um, but you're right. I watched this movie. I think probably the first time I saw it, I saw part of it on like USA late night television. Right. Um, and then years later, I would go. I found it at the video store, and I was excited when I watched it because, like, oh, that's that movie. I had saw part of this. Film, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, and I I loved that, loved it as a kid, um, because Ooh. it was so bizarre. And then right. I would, as in high school, I was like, well, this movie's pretty bad, but it's actually also kind of my jam. Like, right. I, I love old dark house movies, um, in general, and uh, people going to these houses and getting bumped off one by one by weird creatures. That's sort of my thing. I love that right. film. And, um, and then of course, but of course this film doesn't really work on any real meaningful yeah. level. It's a pretty bad film. Um, but yeah, so basically what the plot of this movie is reopened with, there's a warlock in an attic. Right. Yeah. Is it in the attic or the basement? I can't remember. Uh, she <laughs> climbs out of a window. Like, oh, that's right. So yeah. I think he's in. The I spent the whole movie thinking he was in the basement until that scene. I'm like, oh, they're not in the basement. <laughs> no, no. I yeah. think he's supposed to be in the attic, right? And uh, he mumbles a bunch of shit about uh, trying to bring this girl back to life. Um, and uh, and then all of a sudden we cut to a little boy named Billy who's run away from home. Uh, his parents forgot his birthday. He runs into a drifter in the woods. Mm-hmm. Has a weird right. uh, weird interaction with the drifter. 
but we don't really know what's going on. The drifter tries, but the drifter does tell him to go home right. and, uh, and not wander around alone. And, but also like has this weird creepy, like maybe he's going to do something to the kid. Um, right. and then Billy wanders into the house. Well, first, like Billy walks away and like he gets two feet away and the, uh, the, the drifter bites the guy him. gets killed. Yeah. Yeah. By, and he doesn't by, hear it or see it or nothing by the, by the cat by the, pirate. Right. Yeah. Where pirate. pirate. Yeah. We're, we're a cat <laughs> pirate. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then uh, we see a bunch of uh, a bunch of these characters driving around a car, mm-hmm. uh, arguing with each other, and then cut back to Billy. Billy goes into the house, finds a bunch of birthday shit, and somehow thinks right. that it's a birthday party for him. Yeah. Uh, and then finds like a head in a box. And well, they he did have a cake that had said "Happy Birthday, Happy birthday Billy." Billy yeah, but I mean, he's like, yeah. "Oh, it's a surprise but, party," even though like nobody right. ever shows up. Yeah, it's like a six-minute sequence, and he just never catches on. That right. things amiss um and then he like runs away and then we cut back to the other characters we see another bit of the warlock kind of talking about mm-hmm. how he wants to bring this girl back from the dead we go back to billy billy gets killed right you know he gets put in a grave and buried alive by werecat pirate yep and then the other characters just sort of show up at this house um apparently the warlock's been expecting them they bump around in the house. Well, they also they also kind of he also kind of corrals them there with the the throwing the tree in the road and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean it's not particularly clear. No, uh, no, nothing is about no. this. But uh, but yeah, they so they went into the house. They bump around. They find a, a Ouija board. Right. Fuck around with it. One of them gets turned into a demon. Yep. And uh, and hilarity ensues. They all separate. To go <laughs> right. For, to go separate throughout the house for no particular reason um and we've, and we've got just an assortment of you know monsters and ghoulies yeah, and, the mon- know, excuse me, yeah sort of monsters so we're pumping everybody off one by one and then we've got we the get, mud we've got like what mud men we've got the demon lady we've got the mud men we've yeah. got uh or shit demons or whatever you want to call them <laughs> right and we'll get to that uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll break that down but generally okay. the plot then goes to the end we'll end end of the film is basically the girl in the coffin wakes up right and uh we find out that basically the warlock is basically just this friend zoned incel right um who uh has been keeping her alive with using some sort of ill-defined like magic. souls yeah yeah souls of people and are she something. gets up she wakes up and then she gets chased by zombies right who call her mom who call her mom yeah <laughs> and um because why not why not and <laughs> And then she uh, she ends up getting thinks she's getting away, and it turns out the the guy that in the car that saves her is actually where cat pirate, right? And end of the movie, um, yep. and she does, and of course they do manage. She kills the warlock, but then he comes yes. back. That's the right. last shot of the film. Is the warlock's like, haha, I'm still alive, even though why we right. don't know. Um, now, if that if that plot sounds like it doesn't make any sense, just know that we've explained it pretty well <laughs> yeah that's that's the plot of the movie yeah um, that's uh, so to speak it, it we're not really um, skipping things or, or glossing over it so, right. that's, so like we that's said all the, we got. the characters uh of like duke and peter and the group coming into the house and and getting bumped off one by one was supposed to be twisted souls that was the film right. that was originally being made later on the warlock shit billy and the woman being chased by zombies was all added after the fact right uh and so they and they kind of half-assed connect it uh, yeah i mean 
I feel like um, if you didn't know going into watching it that um, you you wouldn't catch on right away that these are two completely unrelated films jammed together. Yeah. Um, because they do a decent enough job of editing it together. But once you know that, uh, yeah, it's been spliced, you, you you can't not know it when when it's like, okay, well here's the cat where uh, where cat pirate, yeah. you know, all of a sudden behind this door that nobody else has ever, seen, ever seen, you know. Yeah, and he's just you know? there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, generally in the sense of the plot where they yeah. kind of kind of managed to more or less in like, there's like one piece of exposition basically missing, which right. is why the Ouija board's important. Yeah. Um, the other rest of the film is basically that it's more or less suggested that uh, instead the plot is warlock guy wants to kill everybody to use their power to bring back the girlfriend. Right. Right. And, and that's basically the plot. But, but even they, they even do a decent enough job of connecting the warlock guy and the Ouija board thing together by having him showing him controlling the the, the Ouija board and giving yep. the answers for it. Which again is just it's just edited together. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just him saying shit and they edit it together. What um, I'm saying it, it work it works it works in the film to actually connect the two more than maybe it would have been in yeah other yeah. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned your favorite character. Um, Let's start with Rich. Him, yeah, yeah, Rich. Uh, just yeah, uh, which just... is uh, your real name? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do love this character. Uh, the thing that I noticed uh, this time, actually, I noticed it the last time I watched it uh, when I bought the Blu-ray a couple months ago. This guy's wearing a T-shirt of himself. Yeah, that's just pretty great. And I'm like, I need a T-shirt of myself. Like, you know, I need a t-shirt of just me, like, making a goofy face. And like, with and then he's wearing, clothes. like, he's he's carrying around, like, a, a puppet that looks almost Weird Al-like um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, and what was that, what was that puppet named? Um, I got it written I didn't, down. Mook. I didn't write it down. Mook, Mook yeah. Mook the puppet. Right. Um, and and yeah, his, his t-shirt is him and the puppet, so I feel like he's actually, like, a, um, maybe doing stand-up or something on the side I think very badly. The, that was the insinuation, I thought, right. yeah, that he was some sort of entertainer right. uh, and that he never turned it off and his yeah. friends didn't and like the result. But. If, if that's him when he's on, he's not going to be a terribly successful entertainer. Um, I guess he would be. I mean, he does actually... I like he, him in the movie just yeah. just because he's just so over-the-top doofy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And... I love I love the the ongoing gag of him. Just no matter what was happening, he has a beer in his hand and two in his pockets. You know, it's pretty, yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, and uh, and like even when the demon first pops out and everybody freaks out, he doesn't he doesn't drop his beer. He still has it. No, uh, he does uh, he does a few things that are relatively intelligent in this film too, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to other characters. He, right. I mean, the way he dies actually comes out of nowhere because he seemed pretty well put together. Yeah. In terms of his in terms of his dangers that suddenly he like falls into this trap of spider woman right. creature. Which like yeah, so like basically the idea is he shows me sees all these spider webs. And then this, right. this yeah, Asian lady comes out and and asks him to like follow her, says that she's with his friends. Right. Um and he kind of even though it was sort of at that point went out of character because he'd actually been pretty good at being like, I'm just going to sit right here and not do anything. Right. Yeah. Like the way, the way to survival is just wait this out um, or wait for his friends to find him rather than stumble around in the dark house looking for everybody else. He's like, I'm right. going to sit here and drink my beer. And see, then he follows that and she then uh, turns into a big spider creature and the Asian lady turns into a big spider creature right. and eats him. 
Right. And but, uh, but before before she even eats him, a giant spider appears on his back. And yeah, yeah, that rubber one. Poorly. Yeah. Uh, I, I did. I noticed, and you know, I, obviously, I riff everything I watch um, sure. my, in my head. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, really, if you're going to get attacked by a by an obvious puppet, that's kind of on you if you get hurt because you're the yeah. one holding it there and <laughs> right pushing against yourself. I thought the see uh, the thing is that the spider lady is a good example. Of, I actually think the visual effects in film are very very good. Um, I did write down some of the people involved in that because they yeah. Um, yeah, aside from this film making no sense and being, you know, kind of shoddily written and uh, even worse put together, um, yeah. there's a lot of talent behind the, the mm-hmm. behind the scenes on this. Um, yeah, the actors I don't really know from much else, but um, right. Let's see, um, John Dodds did some of the effects. He worked on uh, Deadly Spawn, Poltergeist Three, Ghostbusters yeah. Two, uh, Death Becomes Her. I mean, mm-hmm. not no slouches here. Um, no. Let me see. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Aspinall uh, did some of the makeup effects, and she went on to do uh, Toxic Avenger. She basically created the look for Toxie. Mm-hmm. Um, did Straight Straight ta- Trash, and um, then went on to do uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, she apparently she created the puppet for Toons' The Driving Cat, <laughs> if, if right. I'm not mistaken. Nice. Yeah. Um, then let me see. There was one other. Oh, Ken Kelch was the DP. He worked with. Uh, Abel Ferrara, uh, like Driller Killer and stuff like that. Um, yep. James uh, Muro did Steady Cam, and then he mm-hmm. went on to work with Oliver Stone a lot. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, there's one other. Oh, Gabe Bartalos uh, worked on a lot of the makeup effects, and he mm-hmm. did like all the Leprechaun movies, I guess. Okay. Did all the Warwick Davis stuff. Um, went on to found Atlantic West Effects um, and directed uh, Skin to Deep and St. Bernard. So, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background yeah. here, and it shows. There's a lot of uh, yeah. uh, a lot of really really good visual effects in this thing. As for being, I never I never actually caught to see what the actual budget of this was. Mm-hmm. Um, Not high. No. Let me see if I can dig it up real quick. But, but, keep but for being for being like no budget at all, I mean, it's actually you know looks good. Yeah. For the most part, the effects are really well done throughout. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I really like the uh, uh, the, the Spider Woman tra- uh, transformation is actually I thought really well done. Right. Uh, most of the monsters are pretty solid looking, in my opinion. Most of the monsters in the original film. Yes, are, in, yes. in Twisted uh, Souls. Yes, right. Um, uh, and even I mean the ones on the on the and the B plot aren't terrible, but you can tell they're not as good and they're not done by the same people. It must look like uh, like the zombies. Um, the zombie makeup would probably work better in like a mid seventies uh, Italian film with yep. like really grainy footage where you don't show the zombies that much. Yeah, but like um, you know, all the all the mud people and everything else, like the werecat pirate looks looks decent, but yeah. it also looks like a Halloween costume. Yeah, absolutely, looks like a Halloween costume. Yeah, right. uh, but yeah, I mean, more I I mean like in the sense of like the the monster transformations are pretty solid. Yeah, the, monster, yeah. the actual physical monsters are really well done, right. um, and very very intricate. Um, yeah. And I remember the Spider Woman in particular has like three or four stages of transformation, it, and it's like yeah, a full, and each at each stage. Each stage would be good enough on its own, and they do like three, like you said, three of them. So. Yeah, like the mouth opens up, and then mm-hmm. there's like water in there, and like there's a splitting head bit, and right. it, it's really, really well done. It, it looks, uh, yeah. it looks great. Um, I mean, it looks a little. I mean, it's dated, but yeah. I mean, it it um, looks great for its time and its budget. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and the way some of them are edited are don't do it much favors like that weird uh i don't know reptile creature thing that they fight with at one point yeah the little green guy um oh, i don't yeah. think it's edited it's edited very well but again who knows if right. that was edited before everybody was kicked out or edited yeah. after yeah. yeah i know um i from what i remember reading that the actress who plays adrian the act mm-hmm. some of the actors did come back for more reshoots after the right. changeover and i believe her death scene was added after the fact i think okay. um it's my favorite scene in the movie i mean i love i love adrian anyway because i love like you know mean british people um right and she was sort of my favorite character and i loved her relationship with her husband actually there's a great comic cake when they try to run out of the house yeah that and, was they, a... and they shriek and like her, right. her boyfriend shrieks too and they like have right. a big comic take of like looking at each other and screaming and yeah that's around. that's that's also like kind of the first point where you're like not sure anymore if this is supposed to be serious or a comedy which yeah if this is yeah, what, me, what yeah. kind of film we're working on yeah right. what, what we're dealing with but uh, i loved her uh, uh her big fight sequence with the little gremlin creatures right right was, uh, and like i said it was very weird. edited well together there was some interesting choice of music that uh gave you an impression that something else was kind of maybe something more meaningful was happening on screen than what was actually right. happening on screen but uh um, they 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 took 42 minutes of the original film and then added 43 minutes of new footage so it's yeah. hard to even tell at yeah. this point how the finished product would have looked otherwise you know yeah yeah um but i think those creatures are pretty decent mm-hmm. um and uh she does really well uh as far as one of the i mean i always respect uh one of my favorite things in films is usually if a character you don't expect ends up kind of being formidable right um yeah because i mean she kind of played off a little bit at the first as like a you know kind of a cold aloof you know yeah kind of b-word um yeah and and it's not entirely wrong but she does step up and you know yeah she handles it pretty well in that in that fight sequence uh with those little gremlin creatures that i really like it that i was kind of like disappointed when they get added in that she's like stumbling about in the hallway and some weird monster comes and right or um and it's sort of like what and then we never see that monster again we have no idea where that monster came right. from or what it is it just shows up and <laughs> kills her yeah. um and it, it's it's uh, which is again one of the reasons why i think this film is such a blast to watch is right and, and what the hell is going on yeah i don't you know uh, you know we i don't know if the final product of uh twisted souls would actually have the kind of cult following it did if this didn't turn out to be such a such a goddamn mess in the right, end. Right. Um, it's just such a bonkers and lovable clusterfuck yeah. of a movie. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, absolutely. You know, this time when I was watching it, um, and I've watched it, uh, I don't know, six, eight months ago when I got the Blu-ray, obviously. I watched yeah. it previous to that. And then I had a bootleg for a while. Um, for a while, like you said, when after it was showed on like uh, – up all night or whatever on yeah. USA. Like yeah. I thought, I thought I was misremembering a film, or I was just remembering a film that didn't exist for a while. Right. You know, right? right. Um, because it's just like it's so weird and out there. But um, I think that's what led itself to being such a cult. Well, yeah, I think it's an. Absolute... Would you call it? A, would you call it a cult classic? It's definitely a cult film, but I don't cult know if film. it's got. A, I don't think it's got enough of a following to be considered a cult no, classic. I don't think so either. I think that it, it's it's well appreciated. Right. But it's growing. Uh, I, I feel like it's another yeah. it's another film where its its fan base has grown. Over the well, uh, yeah. I mean, the horror fan base loves to sort of rediscover, 
you know, Lost like, gems. lesser films and right. herald them as, as unheralded classics. Um, right. So, I mean, yeah, eventually, I mean, is, there is a good possibility that someday it'll become a flavor of the month on Twitter right. and people will be like, Spookies, oh my God, Spookies. Maybe, right. we'll, start, maybe we'll get that started. Well, um, that'd be great. They yeah. deserve it. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, so there's a lot of really weird stuff. Funny story, I actually did, uh, speaking of riffing things, I did this, uh, we riffed this movie live. Nice. Uh, in my movie riffing days. Uh, right. Steven. It didn't go well. Um, Partially because right. it was supposed to be my birthday show, which is again one of the reasons why I was like, "That's my birthday weekend. I want to talk about spookies." Right. But uh, it was my birthday. We went to the we went to the bar where we performed and set up spookies and we live riffed it. One of the members of my group didn't show up, uh, uh, the, and so the, it was just me and this other guy. And then one of my best friends subbed in, and he didn't really know what he was doing. And yeah, well, he didn't know the material and didn't have time to prep probably either. Yeah. Well, I mean, he'd seen the film. And he knew right. the film and was like, cool, you know, and, but he just really wasn't prepared. I mean, he was prepared to, to, to step up and do it, but right. he didn't really know like the mechanics of it. And like right, I said, right. I, I've talked about this before with, uh, when I was doing movie riffing, my, right. the problem was that my group didn't want to write. They didn't want to rehearse. Yeah. And that's uh, just good. You're going to have a disaster if you don't. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And it was always a disaster. So Spookies right. was in particular a pretty, uh, a particularly big disaster. Right. It wasn't, didn't go well. Um, this movie, uh, but I think this movie does lend itself well to riffing. But I, sometimes yeah. I think it's I, a little bit too. Good. I figured I figured you were going to mention it, but I wrote it down anyways, just in case we didn't get to it somehow. Um, I wrote really big at the bottom of my page. I'm like, how has this movie never been riffed by Mystery yeah. Science Theater or Riff Tracks? I mean, it's just yeah, insane that it hasn't been. I, well, part of me thinks it's uh, it, it's it might even be a little bit too good for for real solid riffing. I think like the the visual effects are uh, strong enough and. But I mean, like, no, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, well, I think you're big, and I think another, the movie also riffs itself, right? In a lot of ways. I mean, in a lot of let's, ways. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the fart monsters. I mean, there's fart monsters in this movie. Well, yeah, but that was that was the producer decided that would be a funny gag. Um, yeah, not not the actual crude. Yeah, thinking it. Yeah, and they were. They yeah, were it really does. About that. Yeah, that's right. Was, they put a lot of heart and soul into those. Uh, I just noticed. I just noticed on this watch through, like you know, like I'm watching like the first 20 minutes. Like I said, like every time I watch it, it feels like I've missed part of the movie. Yeah. To the point where there's a second every time I watch it where I'm like checking to make sure the disc didn't skip the first chapter or something. <laughs> um, and and we're partially through this watch through, and I'm you know this is. Spookies is not a film that I watch and pay a whole lot of attention to when it's on. You just yeah. kind of have it on and, yeah. and have fun. So watching it for for this to try to you know write down notes and thoughts as it's going was 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 a little hard. Oh yeah, yeah. I wrote down <laughs> and, a bunch of random crap. And it but was, uh, but about ten minutes in, but about ten minutes in, like I just start, found myself doing one of my favorite Kevin Murphy bits where, um, as yeah, I think he's done it as Tom Servo and as Kevin Murphy, where like the film just gets so crazy and so out of control that he just screams. He starts screaming. He's like, ah! yeah. and like that's how I felt like ten minutes in, and I'm like, oh my god, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. Uh, and like so, like I said, some of these sequences I think would actually work better if they if they were edited stronger. Right. If um, if I were to compare this to a Rift movie, I think the closest cousin I can think of to it as far as tone and feel is Hobgoblins. A little bit. Yeah, because it, it's it's kind of a comedy. It's kind of takes itself seriously. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but no. it's got all these weird characters and weird stuff happening in it. Yeah, 
yeah. I think Hob Goblins comes together better than this does, but you know, I like we said, it's got it's working that. it's working against itself, obviously here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say that I think some of these sequences are actually pretty are actually pretty good, but the yeah. problem is the film they they love to cut away from stuff and go right. talk about something else and then come back to it. Like I was looking yeah. at the the looking at the Billy sequence. If you didn't keep cutting away. That'd be a pretty really, good scene. That, that I think that would actually be a really good pre-credit right. sequence. I was yeah, up. and I I had written that down. The both the uh, the 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 opening and the closing of the film are stuff that wasn't part of Twisted Souls, and I think they're yeah. both good choices. Yeah, um, it's a it's a good you know cold opening and um, that final you know shot of uh, the warlock. Um, yeah. Who kind of looks like Paul Schaefer if he was in Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, um, that that thing with him popping out of the grave and screaming—that's a great button on the film. But yeah, like I, I, those deserve credit because I think those two little parts are actually pretty good. Yeah, even if they don't yeah, fit, yeah. even if they may not fit so well, especially the opening doesn't fit the other opening. Well, that's one of my like my top notes at the very thing is I want to get I like I want to start a Kickstarter to get the rights to this thing and remake the thing. I want to remake this movie, like. And we've talked about this before, like that, you know, part of the problem with the remake concept is they don't remake lesser Things films. they should, right. You know, I mean, and that'd be like Spookies is a movie that I think would absolutely be great to remake because mm-hmm. first of all, nobody cares. Right. Um, and, yeah. and Who's going to get mad about it? Right. Uh, it, it, you, could, you can't really do any worse. No. I mean, I suppose you could. If you, I mean, like Tommy you could always do worse. Yeah. I mean, you could put Tommy Wiseau or Rick Sloan on top of this thing. It probably wouldn't work out. Right. Apologies to Rick Sloan. But, I, I um, love Rick Sloan. I do too. I've talked to Rick Sloan a couple of times yeah. on, yeah, on same. Facebook. He's very nice. Yeah. Um, and very, very appreciative of, uh, of the cult, uh, kind yeah. of cult hate that he gets. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like on board with that. But yeah, yeah they, um, they've got a, a random plug. They got a lot of Rick Sloan movies on Full Moon uh, streaming, which is nice. There's, yeah. there's got a lot of ones that I haven't seen yet that I, I actually got to see for the first time. It's funny. I, I'm, I've been loving Tubi lately. Like, right. yeah, I mean, the Full Moon's uh, entire filmography is on there. And, and exactly. Yeah. I, I mentioned that uh, when I did my other podcast last week, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Sin's horror menagerie we talked about that at right. the end of being like by the way there's this like random lovecraft adaptation called uh, lurking fear that mm-hmm. has um ashley lawrence and um and oh, nice. jeffrey and jeffrey combs in it uh both yeah, slumming right absolutely yeah. slumming but uh and the movie is this quite it's again a kind of a <laughs> weird mess but i'm like it's there like full the all this weird weird stuff is on tubi so if you are right. a fan of like weird cult shit like go check out tubi's horror yeah tubi tubi's kind of like watching usa up all night very all much the time so. yeah uh, i was like uh, and i i pitched without that the host stuff you know when people do the the tweet alongs to like joe bob's stuff and they're like right. when joe bob's over i'm like if you want to keep this going go watch right. put something on tubi like yeah. you will you will not be disappointed it's perfect 2 a.m like Otter, yeah. yeah 2 a.m you're a little buzzed uh it's perfect perfect right. work for that but and so is spookies i think i think spooky yeah, is the movie that definitely. if you're if you're uh, using some sort of substance the movie's going to be a little bit yeah it's um, a good, like it's a good party film like we had mentioned you know yeah. about you know previous movies um because there's always something well not always but almost always something strange happening and it doesn't necessarily need you to have you know, watch the other previous 40 minutes to figure out what it is. It's yeah, like, it, we, oh, in this scene, there's a giant spider woman chasing around. In this scene, there's, you know, mud monsters farting their way around the basement, you know? It's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, and every single time I watch this movie, I, I, I find out about a scene I'd forgotten previously. Right. Uh, this time I was watching them and like all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, there's this entire sequence with like these weird banshees in the cavern right. underneath the house. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah. forgotten that was even there. I was like, oh right. my God, there's another thing here. Um, there's so many creatures in this film. I mean, right. there is, there's the fart monsters. There's uh, uh, cat, were cat pirate. Right. Um, there's zombies. There is uh, the little gremlin creatures, spider mm-hmm. woman. Um, there's Carol, the possessed woman. Right. We have uh, we have a bad death, um, robed death figure, probably right. the the crappiest uh, uh, right. visual effect in this film. And then I he gets thrown, and then he gets thrown off a roof and explodes. Like, right. Uh, like like a that part was that part was really really stupid. But uh, I yeah. thought the uh, the Grim Reaper in this was actually a pretty decent effect for for the budget and the kind the movie mm-hmm. was making. I kind of dug it. Or at least, I mean, like I said, like a lot of the effects, I don't know if the editing helped it very much. Sure. But I think the actual like nuts and bolts of the uh, the the care the creature design for it is pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, so yeah, there's that. There's the killer banshees in the basement. Right. There's um, we have um, uh, the weird creature that kills Adrian in the in the was has like in in the hallway has like tendril. Right, right. But it also is like really gooey, and it, it's like the drool. It has a drool thing yeah. going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of creatures in this film. And then you got the the demon, you know, effect at the end where like the her head starts shooting out light and these weird like you know yeah. static rays I love, that turn I, everybody old and stuff. I wrote it's that like, down. I love that what? Scene. Yeah. Um, because it's basically like it it, it shows uh, they cut to the warlock in the attic and he's like, <laughs> right. now now the final game is about to begin, right. and uh, and. Basically, you could see the end of Twisted Souls in that scene, which is Peter mm-hmm. is triumphant. The heroes right. actually win in that film because yeah. he like throws the acid. They establish the little acid packet right. or whatever, right. the little vase, and he throws it at Carol. And Carol puts the board up, and the board is obviously destroyed. And that's obviously the end of Twisted Souls. That Peter, right. Right. Peter, Megan, and um, uh, uh, Linda right. uh, will survive. We're going to survive the film. That was yeah. going to be the ending. Um, which is more then, survivors than a lot of films of these types actually get well the other thing is they don't actually survive because then it cuts back to the warlock he just knocks over a couple of pieces on his chessboard and declares right. victory right, and right. I'm like well what happened what yeah. happened <laughs> nobody knows it's like clearly the ending of Twisted Souls where the good right. guys are triumphant and instead the villain just says nah no right. cell. forget it yeah, yep. no cell um, and then we have the whole zombie sequence which I actually thought was pretty well done I yeah, actually don't mind it. the character has no business being there. the The effects for the the zombie effects are kind of janky on a lot on most of the zombies. That's well, that's where thinking, I'm at. If there's a scene, I think that's actually pretty well edited. Mm-hmm. I actually it, yeah, one. um, and because lots of quick cuts, right, uh, showing a lot of uh, kinetic action, right. um, and also does something that I don't think a lot of zombie films tend to do, which shows how difficult even the slow zombies are to deal with. Right, like she's just completely yeah. She's getting covered. swarmed by the end. Yeah, and they're tearing off her clothes. Right. She's desperately trying to get away. They keep popping back up. Right. It shows, like I think, in a way that even like Romero zombie stuff never really did is how dangerous a zombie horde is. Right, um, because obviously the jokes are you know even when we got you know Tom Savini's 1990 remake, which we should totally do sometime. Um, yes. I love that remake, but um, of Night of the Living Dead. Right, 
um it's even becomes a plot point where you know the characters mm-hmm. say oh we can just walk right past them they're not even that big yeah. of a threat and i'm like in spookies i'm like no they are a threat there's a right. there's a hundred of them <laughs> Well, and, even in the first Night of the Living Dead, they they kind of you know established that you know oh if you got a cu- if there's only a couple of them you can take care of them and easy, handle them. but if yeah. there's not yeah yeah if just, just if get away if there's a hundred of them yeah you, you yeah the the thought I the thought I had watching this scene especially when she's getting swarmed by the end of that sequence where they're just completely surrounding her and yeah. swarming over her is it reminds me of like uh, Rhodes' death and Day of the Dead, yeah. um, where it's like. Although they do a better job of establishing it, because it's not just him opening a door to a thousand zombies. It's you yeah. know they show him, you know, getting in them. Yeah, but, and that's but what that final the final swarm shot of of him is reminiscent of this, or yeah. vice versa. Or vice I versa. Guess. Yeah, I mean they probably the, the filmmakers probably didn't see. Well, I mean I actually would they did. Spooky yeah, probably saw people dying of the dead. Uh, saw the end of that, but right. Um, but yep. yeah, I don't the, know whoever. I don't know about the people who actually, you know, made this other section of it. I'm sure they did. But yeah, there's so much. It's it's a little zombie movie in like one scene, so I'm pretty sure they're pretty well versed. In, in and a, uh, from know. what I understand, that the all, all was added simply because the, the the producer was like, "We need zombies because right. zombies are in." Yeah, the original the original graveyard sequence was going to be just a bunch of like visual effects ghosts yes, like ghosts attacking and people and it was and, it, well the entire film was supposed yeah. to take place indoors it was right. going to be there were supposed to be ghosts that would keep everybody inside right and they threw in the zombies instead to be like the zombies won't let them leave right because uh, let's face it that's a cheaper and easier effect to do than you know of visual well i think there's, there's a reason why the zombie subgenre has existed as long as it has and part of that is because it's actually pretty cheap to throw on some fake blood and right right and some makeup on on an extra because yeah, even the cast said you know that all this yeah. yeah all the zombies were from the local high school you know it's yeah yeah you just but yeah you just you know give them 20 bucks and throw on some right. makeup and have them stumble about and you've got yourself a, a, a an effect shot and exactly uh, it's, it's extremely cheap to do uh, especially in a movie like especially in a movie like this where you're not actually going to see a lot of gore, you know, it's not, yeah. Yeah. there's no big deal there. Which I think is what's interesting about this film is that, again, it's all visual effects. It's all creature yeah. effects. There's only really one gore shot that comes to mind and that's with the Grim Reaper slashing that lady's leg. I don't know if there's anything else that's really, uh, there's like a, figured a, a gore effect. And, there's a blink and you miss it of him, of the death creature also uh, slicing off part of Duke's face. Right. Right. And then uh, there's, you know, a couple of slashes from the werecat pirate, but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. As far as like you know that eighties uh focus on gore effects is, is not really that present in this film. It's no, no, it's all a little refreshing effects. in a way, yeah. yeah. It's all creature effects. It's actually really neat. Uh right. speaking of Duke, speaking of that scene when Duke gets killed, right. um one of my favorite on screen fights, like outside mm-hmm. of like they live. Right. Um where where Duke and Peter decide in the middle of all this uh everybody else is dead, decide they're gonna start punching each other. Um, and have this big fight, yeah. and I absolutely love it because it's it, it is no holds barred fighting. It's like it's right. like the fight scene in They Live, where they're like tra- literally trying to kill each other, right. um, and wailing on each other. And uh, I love that uh, Peter's like, you know, you ready for another round? And Duke's like, I'm gonna kill you, you son of a bitch, and like that, right. like, throwing punches. Um, but then Duke actually, uh, Peter ends up on a table, and Duke actually picks up a chair and smashes yeah. it, trying to kill him with it. Um, and after Duke is killed. It wasn't even the first chair that Duke smashed either. <laughs> no, no, actually, yes. Early on in the film, when they, uh, 
Duke goes from this door is locked to smash a chair to, against yeah, the door to kill this door in, yeah. in a second. Yeah, right. he, he goes, oh, the door is locked. And then his next response is smash a chair against Right. Him. Well, didn't um, he try to punch it a couple times like it was drywall? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think he did. And then he did the chair. Yeah. Then he did the chair. But either way, it took like it, it took him like literally no less than thirty seconds to to decide that smashing furniture was the next step. Um, I mean, there's there's a certain point of drunk where that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I mean, this character is obviously uh, uh, one of the most despicable, yeah. Uh, yeah, horror film characters I could think of. Duke is uh, is not a good person. Yeah. Um, and I was gonna say that Linda. Actually, I wrote it down. Linda becomes sympathetic by default. Right. Because I liked when she was so, asking, yeah, when she was asking, you know, well, will Duke and I be together forever? No. Will we be together next month? No. I'm like, you shouldn't be together by the end of this night. I mean, what yeah. the hell? He's kind of awful. Yeah. And I mean, and he does it. Uh, we, this is sort of like before we really started talking about in society about <sighs> gaslighting. Right. And, but I mean, Duke is doing textbook abuse, yeah. emotional abuse, where he's like, oh, 100%. Yeah. Where he's doing like, you don't believe that I can take care of you. Like right. anytime she starts to like, you know, uh, to try to come up with a different but he, option. But he's also so, so casually abusive towards her and, and frankly, everybody yeah. else. I mean, yes. Who the hell wants to be around this guy? You know? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make any sense why anybody hangs out with this guy. Right. Um, although it could be a circumstance of, uh, if I wanted again to get intellectual about how this, this group works, yeah. it's probably that everybody likes Linda. Right, and they just put they just put up with Duke. Although, however, one a nice little touch in the fight scene between Duke and Peter, mm-hmm. when they cut back to Linda and Megan watching, Linda's turned on. Right, Linda has this look on her face of like this is so hot, like this is so yeah. cool that it's clear that that's probably what she sees in Duke. Well, in, that's the other thing. Like thing. you know, he he's he's a he's a young punk bad boy kind of character, yeah. so. Yeah, and maybe, maybe there's a bit of that too. And I feel like that's sort of the idea is that like Peter and Megan like Linda, so they put up with Duke. Right. Um, uh, how P- Megan and Peter know each other, I, right. I, I I like to think Peter's like a professor at a college, and Megan was a student, and they had right. like an inappropriate relationship that that that, relationship. that that probably scans pretty well. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's just that they cast an actor who's obviously forty. Right. But yeah. even their their relationship, the way. Um, he relates to the rest of the cast and vice versa. I mean, yeah. it's obvious that he didn't come up from the same place. He's, he's That's there because he's, yeah. he's her boyfriend. Yes. And she grew up with all these people, but she seems like she, like you said, like, you know, he might be a professor or something, but she seems like she's gone to college or done something yes. and come back. Well, um, they, they make that, they, there's actually a, an interesting dichotomy that again, I don't think was actually all that intentional but there's two cars coming to the house. The two car- uh, the group of characters come in two cars. One is like Duke, Linda, Rich. The, right, the slob car. The and slob the car. car. And then the, uh, the other car is, is Peter, Megan, and the British woman, Adrienne, right. and her boyfriend, who right. are all set up to be more well-to-do right. suburbanite yuppie. Um, I'd, I'd like to see like a prequel movie where like um, – the, they 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 go to the first party and it's just this fancy ass party that the other two the other car doesn't get a, get along yeah. with at all yeah. and then this is the this is like the hey it's a derelict house filled with bum shit and you yeah. know use needles let's let's party here in fact, I <laughs> think know? if I were to if I were to remake this that would probably be a thing I would probably right. talk about the fact that these this group is so eclectic and I probably would base it around the college right it would be like uh 
you know, a fact, but you know, Peter and, and uh, like Adriana are like faculty. Right. And like the other ones are students and uh, or whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mixed up in it, uh, mixed up as a group, as a result. Um, I, I do think, and I don't know if I have much basis to put this on. I do feel like rich is Duke's friend and advice. Like they're two, yes. they two are friends. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really see him hanging out with the rest of them if not for that connection. Um, right. And that's what I mean is that the one right. car is like, you know, Duke, Duke, right. uh, Linda, Rich, and the other guy who gets killed, like we don't even know his name. He just gets bumped. No. Carol, I gave up. Carol's boyfriend. I gave up on trying to find his name about halfway through. And I'm like, ah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, he just gets, like, <laughs> he has down. like four he gets, lines. Yeah. He has four lines. He gets pulled down. In right. Grave. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and Carol definitely seems like she's probably part of right. that group. And then, like I said, you had the other car, which was all like the yuppies. Right, yeah. and I would buy that. That's the intellectual group, and that Linda is probably the Linda or Carol are probably or the, the connection betwixt the two. Yeah, yeah, they're the crossover member. Um, that Megan, Megan in particular, is close with Linda, and therefore right. that that group of friends is sort of welcome by association. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean uh, that that is more intellectualism than this movie probably deserves. In right. Terms of a of a psychological 100%. analysis. Because because when you come down to it, this movie I had mentioned to somebody on Facebook today, one of my friends, Mike, because um, I had posted something about this being you know the most nonsensical and dumb movie ever, and I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, he he mentioned that you know that well, this is actually two films, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, I think even by itself, it's not going to be a, a great film. But the, put together, it. it it's like this weird like hodgepodge film that's kind of reminded me in a lot of ways of like not Scooby-Doo, but like Scooby-Doo knockoffs from Hanna-Barbera, like, you know, sure. like uh, Grape Ape and stuff like that, where it's yeah. like third, third generation Scooby-Doo mystery kind of stuff where it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You just go from room to room and shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like a haunted house. I mean, like a haunted like, house. Like, like a like a JC's haunted house or something where you're just yeah. like okay this room is the spider room this room is the the yes. muckman room you know yeah. which I think was actually the idea in Twisted Souls right. they wanted the different rooms in the house to be the different creatures from the Ouija board right and you can tell because I mean there is yeah yeah because they actually set up the Ouija board kind of nicely although I I take issue with the fact that nobody knew what an Ouija board was except for one of them in 1986 yeah I'm like. The the Exorcist has been out for twelve years now. Everybody yeah. knows what a Ouija board is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Parker, Parker Brothers has been making this thing, right? Uh, like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse after the Exorcist to not know what an Ouija board is. I'm sorry. Agreed. Yeah, no. agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and that's that was a high cultural point where everybody knew about the Exorcist, so it's nobody would not know. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But they set it up pretty well, like you said. It's got all the little souls around the around the board. Um, yeah. To to show that okay, well this you know, and. I think their souls were getting sucked into the board as they were dying. I think that was. What, I think that what was. They were inferring. From what I remember, uh, right. the doc. Like I said, this is not. This is not something that the film makes clear. Right. This is something if you're aware of it. The, you'll that see the it. final film makes clear. Let's yeah. let's be clear. Because uh, the the yes the, because right twisted souls the idea was supposed to be the Ouija board was right. the center of the story. The right. Ouija board possesses Carol. Carol then summons this, one by one these this, monsters. Was this made? This was made before Witchboard, right? I believe so. Okay, just yeah. curious. Or around the same time, I'm right. sure. Uh, I think Witchboard was '86. Spookies, I believe, was '80s. It was started film. Well, it started filming in '84. So yeah, yeah. 
probably around the same time. Yeah, um, okay. But yeah, they, I, and that was supposed to be the idea. And that, that's all from the documentary. The documentary right. on the Blu-ray talks about this. The film doesn't make that clear. No. Um, and so, but that was supposed to be the idea and that everybody, all these different creatures lived in this house. It were trapped in this house. And the idea was they bumped off a character, a human, that human being would then take their place in the board. Right. And they now, would be free. Do you know if it, if the documentary mentioned what happens if, you know, does anything happen if they, if they succeed, if all of the, the souls get sucked to the board? I think it was, are they freed or is it just like, okay, the movie's I, over? I don't remember if anything talks about that. I think that the, if, uh, I think the right. uh, insinuation would, they would be loose. They could just right. do whatever they want. It's like the end of uh, the 13 ghosts remake, you know, yeah. at the end of the film, they're like, Oh, the ghosts are released, but that also means that's bad. Like, right. you know? yeah. Um, yeah, our heroes are safe, but all the ghosts are freed and they're going to go murder the shit out of people now. Right. We should do that movie too. I, I love yeah. I love that remake, 13 Ghosts. It's another one I think that aged well. That right. uh, And again, great visual effects in a, in a really mediocre movie with great visual right. effects, which I think is Spookies. Uh, Spookies is a bad movie with some really great visual effects. So what I'm hearing is I feel like we have a remake month coming on. <laughs> more, more than likely. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I do love... I'm down with that, man. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I love, uh, I love a good remake. Yeah. Right. But I would love to, uh, 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 but I mean, like I said, I would love to get like a Kickstarter together to like get the rights to Spookies and like see what this movie could be. Cause I think that right. you could make a really fun movie. out of it. I would just like to see a Kickstarter come where somebody, you know, breaks into the Vipco or whatever and steals yeah. the original steals. film and puts it together. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just always, it's, Ever since I found out about it being two movies, and I don't remember exactly what point that was, mm-hmm. um, not not too long ago, a few years ago at most, um, yeah. I, I just wanted, every time I see it, I'm like, well, I want to see what the original movie was before all this happened. Because yeah. well, I, don't I, think, I think, it think there's was, a movie there. You know? I'm not sure it was completed. Um, well, yeah, it was. Yeah. They, like, I they don't were, think they put they, together a director's cut of Twisted. They just wrapped, I, well, not, be, no, because they don't know where the footage is because Vipco, uh, claims oh, yeah. they don't have it right um but they were doing posts so i mean yeah they probably had to go back and do additional shooting yeah but they were starting to edit the editing process as far as i know at that yeah, point you make, so you, make right. so they might have had a you could probably get most of a film out of this if you knew where the footage was at yeah. least yeah i mean obviously they're going to do pickups and a little additional photography you know yeah Where's HBO Max when you need them? We need a we need a, a spooky cut. They're, no, you know? they're all their all their uh, all seventy their money, million dollars. Yeah, all their money is going to. It's more than that now. Yeah, uh, it's like one hundred and twenty million dollars or something now for uh, for uh, the so-called Snyder cut. Uh, um, talk about throwing good money after bad. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and. and uh, I don't, we probably shouldn't get into the Snyder cut, but you know, there never was. A it's cut. it's a it's a nice parallel though i mean it, it, it yeah. kind of you've got on one hand you've got this this thing that's you know been like it the holy grail of bad dc fanboys for a long time that they're finally yeah. throwing a, an insane amount of money at to to do a product that we all know is going to suck yeah. um yeah and then you got spooky on, on the far other end of the spectrum yeah and the same general principle. I mean, there was a movie that was shot, and then yep. someone else was brought in to complete the film. In the original right. case, um, although for much, much uh, more serious reasons for Justice League, obviously, you know, somewhat. I th- I also think that you know Warner Brothers took that as an opportunity to get him out of there. Uh, yeah. But that's just my personal opinion. That has nothing to do with Spooky. <laughs> no, no. 
But I mean, I, I think somebody, I, in, in regards to Stuttercut, I think I saw somebody pointing out like you could make two, like the, the, two, the reshoots and stuff for Justice League is the amount, uh, amount for both It movies. Like, yeah. Um, like it's $140 million. Each one of those films costs 70. Right. Uh, they're like, you could literally make, uh, or in the same time, they were like, you could make 14 $1 million films. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could do so much more with that money. You could, you um, could make like 37 trouble movies, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but they were like, yeah, you could make so many films with the, with, with that $140 million. And instead you're going to reshoot. Do this. Uh, this. Yeah. Um, for Monstrosity. A very, for a very small minority of people that actually want it. It's really, really quite bizarre. Very um, small yet very vocal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe after this comes out, we can start trying to turn those fans into, into spookies, you know, Twisted Souls release, cut fans. Release the Twisted Souls cut. Release right. the Twisted Souls cut. Um, we'll, have to talk, we'll have to talk them out of doing, you know, death threats and shit like that. But, right, you know, right. that. Hashtag, hashtag uh, release the Twisted Souls cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd watch it, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Spookies uh, is – unfortunately, Spooky uh, – I guess like, we'll, we'll probably start wrapping up. Um mm-hmm. And I would say that, uh, first of all, I think this was a great companion piece to our last episode, which was the... 100%. Yeah, they're both very similar films in the sense that they're great background movies. Uh, Actually, the more you pay attention to them, the less they work. The less sense they make, yeah. Um, And and they're both just a lot of fun, uh, random, crazy uh, visual effects work um, with very little interest in coherent narrative or, uh, or meaning. Um, yeah. they are absolute what might what, what you might call popcorn films. They're absolutely right. that type of movie. Uh, great to watch with friends. Great to you know sit around and kind of poke fun at. Um, and uh, it's so I mean that's I think that's Spooky's sort of legacy is right. that it's just this really fun, uh, bad movie. And I love yeah. bad movies. Uh, I, I forgot I forgot to ask. Do you think um, this this is another one of those films in the sub 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 genre films of movies exploitation movies where they take like half of one movie and, and make it into another another movie mm. um used to do that a lot during the grindhouse and drive-in days i think this might be one of the last cases of something like that happening um yeah. that i can think of because uh, they used to take a lot of z-grade schlock and you know recut it uh, yeah. film new segments and just you know repackage it for a drive-in you know oh yeah if roger, second if roger, the second the second film on the on the double bill kind if of roger kind of if thing. roger corman could hack up another movie to make another movie cheaper right yeah we'd absolutely do it yeah, yeah. uh but know, i feel like this is one of the last times i remember seeing something like that or yeah yeah probably and uh because heyday was kind of more in the 60s late 60s through the mid 70s yeah uh yeah. even late 70s at that point but i feel like 1980s it stopped feeling you know such a thing and except for maybe some you know, when they would uh hack up hor- foreign films for american markets right right i was gonna say there's another movie that's awfully similar to this i honestly can't remember what the damn what the movie's called but it had a similar idea where there was basically uh, a car- a woman in white being mm-hmm. hunted by zombies that was added to another film. Right. Um, to, to the point where I actually thought this was the same film. Movie, right. right. But it's not. And I can't remember what it is, but it's an Italian film that was, uh, okay. I have seen it and I just can't remember the name of it, but it was the same idea that was basically like, right. there was a film that, that existed in one place. And then all of a sudden there was like this like 30 minute zombie, Sequence, <laughs> right. zombie sequence that kind of comes out of nowhere 
Um, and it was, uh, was a different film mm-hmm. hacked together previous. Yeah. 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 To this one. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very weird, very weird, uh, phenomenon. Yeah. I did. I, I wish they had, and I, did you watch the second documentary on, uh, Vipco? Uh, no, I haven't, I haven't okay. watched that one yet. No. Cause I, I kind of want to see that because I want to see the other side's take on it because the people who made the film, the original film are very in unison about where the problems lie and they lie with uh, Mike Lee and yeah. his decisions and his, you know, uh, cutting out of the original filmmaker stuff, but you know, yeah. he's the, he's the money guy. So I guess technically that's his right, but it's not cool. Yeah. Um, no. But I would like to, I would like to hear from, from his side, like what his thought process was on why he, he did that, you know, mm. why, why he decided this original film wasn't going to work and he needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since the, the, the insinuation of the other documentary was that he originally started off being pretty cool. Right. Pretty hands off. And, and I mean, he, Vipco is, you know, Vipco almost single-handedly started the whole video nasties thing in, in yeah. Britain um, with the stuff that they did. And then there was a lot of uh, Z and beyond grade schlock that was done in there that, you know, it's like, well, yeah. It, it wasn't a matter of quality of this Twisted Souls film, I don't think. It, was, it wasn't a matter of it not being able to play to a foreign audience because it's pretty simple stuff. Um, yeah. I'm just curious to see where what that decision process was and why they decided to go that way with it. Yeah. yeah. Other than the only thing that even points to anything is that you know, they, <laughs> wanted, they wanted to have the ending and have the, uh, the cemetery be filled with these you know, visual effects ghosts. Yeah. Um, would probably cost more than he was willing to to look good, maybe. Probably. I, yeah. But you could just tell him, no, don't do that. Put zombies in it. And like, right. Okay, I guess so. Yeah. I'd love to know the backstory, uh, the other side of the backstory to that is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, it would be interesting. And, but even more, I'd rather, I want to see the original film. <laughs> yeah. Twisted to soul. see what it like. Yeah. I probably never love it like I do this one, though. Um, I, I, I think that the, the best, the to, to be fair to it, probably the best stuff in this movie is the warlock in the attic. Like, uh, you know, right. it's the stuff that, that it's that stuff that makes this movie funny. It, kick, it kicks it over the edge into complete lunacy. Um, yeah. yeah, I think without it, you have, uh, you would just have kind of a dumb. But even that, like, yeah, yeah if they, if, if it had gone all the way through a Twisted Souls, like you're saying, it, it would be more of a, standard kind of film where maybe it couldn't play in the background at a party somewhere and it yeah. still makes sense. That's um, what I mean. It's the, the, I think the, the, what makes it kind of funny right? is that other stuff is the yeah. stuff that was added after. And, and I'm also saying the stuff that was obviously deleted too, yeah. because yeah. if this was a whole hour and a half with just those people in the house at the party scene, I could see it maybe dragging um, a lot, you know, whereas this, you got, two really shitty movies thrown together. So it's like always something's going to happen. They're something's always going on between. Movie, yeah. yeah. Something's always going on in this film. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, highly recommend uh, if you can find it, checking out Spookies. I think it, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Unfortunately. I, I thought, um, let me check. Cause I think it might, I know I saw it on YouTube. Not too long. I might still be there. Be sure it's on they, YouTube. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. The, Get the vinegar syndrome Blu-ray if you the can. The Blu-ray, it's, the Blu-ray is worth looking at. It gives you the whole the, the documentaries, the whole right. backstory. It's another one of those Blu-rays where it's got more bonus features than most Hollywood blockbusters do, yeah. and definitely more than you know the film probably deserves. But Absolutely. that's the way I like it. Um, 
you get a lot for your money there. And you have the whole anecdotal background uh, right. of, of this really bizarre uh, circumstance that led to this film being made. And uh, yeah. it's a, it's a hell of a story. It's a really, yeah. really interesting, uh, interesting little documentary. Um, so yeah, uh, highly recommend checking out uh, Spookies. Yep. Happy birthday to you. Happy yeah. birthday, dear Billy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that uh, on Monday. You're going to get a big box in your house and it's going to be a severed head. Um, yeah. So happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Billy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as uh, so as usual, we uh, invite you to keep it positive. Keep it constructive. Uh, love yourself. Love your fellow horror fans. Um, stay safe, kids. Stay safe. And uh, thank you very much. Good night. And namaste.